yellow. Is this Coltrane? What? Why Coltrane? I have an idea. How about you join us on the Blackcast? I like it. I like it a lot. Welcome to the Blackcast. It is I, Christian Blatt, on Twitter and Instagram, at ChristianDMZ. Joined by the one and only Captain EO himself, at Jeff Duray, and founding Blackcast member on the phone, Coltrane. Kind of on Twitter at Coltrane Leaks. Coltrane, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. <laughs> and you're going to be disappointed, but not with us, as he has so often not been with us in 2017. Will Sterling, not here. On Twitter at Will Sterling underscore, his podcast is at Motivate Report, but he is not here. Do you feel disrespected that the Will Tourage does not have time for you? Well, as long as the Will Tourage is still rolling so that I'm a part of it at some point, then I'm fine with it. At some point in the near future. Listen, <laughs> he's, he's got to get it rolling so that we can be a part of it, you see? Yeah. No, we definitely need to be rolling with the Will Tourage. Well, let's dive right into it. How's 2017 going for you thus far? It was... Uh, it was it's been a tough start. I was I was sick. Uh, you know, had had a few uh, had a few physical ailments, but uh, I don't know. I'm feeling it right now. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. As I kind of alluded to, uh, you know, there was a broadcast where we uh, spoke with the one and only Carl Zahn, Carl from New Hampshire, and uh, I had talked about how my son Felix had gotten sick. What I didn't realize when we talked about it was that he had actually gotten a really nasty, like five to seven day bug, and he was actually like really sick and. You know, it's one thing to be sick yourself, as I have been many times, but for him to be sick and you just kind of lay there and look at him and you, you can't do anything and, he you know, he's just sort of got that glazed overlook. He doesn't have the fun spirit and everything. It's very upsetting. And that's kind of the thing. I feel like a lot of people have been sick at the beginning of the year, uh, even here in Los Angeles. You know, Coltrane, you've picked a decent time to not be here. Uh, it's been the coldest, rainiest month since I've lived here. Now, granted, I know that the cold does not compare to where you've been, but we don't expect it here. We're not prepared for it. We don't have rain gear or umbrellas or, funny word, rubbers, but I mean galoshes. <laughs> and today... You won't appreciate this. This is the first really warm day. I'm actually wearing shorts for the first time in months. This is basically like, and, and Jeff will be able to relate to this, when we were in college, there's that first day in the spring where it's really warm that no one was expecting it. All the girls are out sunning on the lawn. Guys are just wearing their T-shirts. And it's you know probably like, you know, 58 degrees, but everybody's like, yeah, it's summertime. This is basically like There's one still of those snow on parts yeah. of the ground, but enough of it is exposed that you're like, man, <laughs> spring, bitch. Yeah. And, and so, <laughs> you know, if we have Coltrane on the phone, I feel like we need to spend our time in Coltrane's corner. I think that that's only appropriate. Wouldn't you think so, Coltrane? Sure. So I want to talk to you about uh, someone online that you sent to me. This was a few weeks ago. Uh, Someone that can be part of the the roster, the not the Legion of Doom, but the Legion of Poon, the truly evil. <laughs> I literally just came up with that, and I'm so proud of myself. So thank you for laughing. Perfect, I like it. The truly evil women that are out there, and again, this is uh, in no way an endorsement of what she did, but Crystal Villanueva. Exactly is a Texas mother who unfortunately killed her daughter in their home. So that's not the part we're laughing at. We're not laughing at anything. Right. But when you get beyond that, you see that she's laughing in her mugshot after uh, being charged with something that police say is the worst they have ever seen. Coltrane, you see Crystal Villanueva, and you think what? I would. 
<laughs> I mean, literally, literally, like I'm, you know, you, you see like the headline, and of course, like you, you, it's awful. But accompanying the headline is like the mugshot where she's smiling. And now, understand, it's not that she's really hot in the mugshot, but you can see the element of kind of like crazy hot in the mugshot. And then, you know, like anytime you see a mugshot and you see like you know someone laughing at it, you're like, all right, well, this person's clearly got got issues. And then again, you read like what happened and it's like, okay, that's awful. She, she, she didn't really pull a Casey Anthony because like she sort of, I don't know if it got caught is the right way. She, she clearly did it. And there's no like kind of getting around the, the fact that she did it. So like, there's that element of it, but yeah, like she's, she's just got that. Yeah. She's really messed up and you can tell that she's really kind of crazy in bed. So that was the part that I'm like, Yep, I would. She didn't kill you. She didn't kill anyone you know. And, uh, you know, I, I can understand that when you see the crazy in the eyes, that's a little bit extra of a turn on for Coltrane. For anybody that knows the black cast knows that that's how Coltrane feels on these issues. And true. Now, sometimes I see some stories. Pe- you know, so, some people like uh, big breasts. Some people like a great ass. Some people like, like nice legs. I love crazy eyes. What can I tell you? <laughs> I think you just told us. Uh, and then I sent you a story that, you know, it, it's very funny. And, of course, it was in Florida. Uh, it was a maid of honor who got arrested and was facing several charges because she tried to kill the – well, she didn't try to kill. She tried to run over, but, you know, technically that is trying to kill someone. Tried to run over the best man in a wedding in Florida. But I sent you the picture – her name, I guess, was Amanda Willis. And here was the problem with that. Do you remember what the biggest problem was with that story, as funny as it was and as crazy as she seems? What was the problem with her? I don't, I, don't th- I didn't think that she was that hot. And that's what it comes down to. So you got to be crazy no. hot and crazy. You can't just be crazy yeah. and a butterface. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, well, Jeff's you know, not be called monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I mean, Monster. I, I'm actually not opposed to the butterface. I, 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 for, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the butterface. It's, you know, it's fine. But it's like you, she just didn't really have anything going for her. It wasn't even because, like, there was no like clear body shot, so you couldn't see if she had a great body. So you just sort of saw her face, and then you're like, eh, not really. <laughs> not really. Yeah. Look. But, uh, Go ahead. But I mean, because there's if you if you go like uh, I I'm sh- I think it was on YouTube like there's like uh, you I was watching I was actually looking at the Howard Stern like Miss Butterface contest from uh, Vegas and of course you start looking for Butterface on YouTube and like they have like all these compilations and stuff so there's there are a lot of great Butterfaces out there like I got no, I have no problem with the Butterface it's just you know you have to like tie the whole thing together it's got to be a great body. Like, yeah, the great body is the important part of that. Because there's the much r- more rare butter body where the girl has the cute face, but then you're like, "Whoa, hold on." Yeah, I would. Just, yeah, just and a, see, I am, I am, I am less a fan of that. Yeah, what were you gonna say, Jeff? I was just gonna say, or just a no, thank you. Yeah, that's just a no, thank around, you. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, you know, recently on the Blackcast Coltrane, uh, you're a man of the people, and I feel like you're in touch with the things that are going on. Uh, I admitted that I did not know what some millennial slang meant, and it's not necessarily only millennials, but it was just some dating world slang that I was not up on. Do you understand what Netflix and chill means? Yeah. 
What do you think it means? That that was, I mean, Netflix and chill is just like you have a girl like just come over to like watch a movie and bang. See, That's what I, I, I thought you went I, over to watch a movie, and you know maybe you 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 might you know canoodle a little. So you're hands. telling me when you were in the dating world, when you invited a girl over for a movie, it was because you wanted to like dissect it critically. I mean, we would have we would do podcasts where we broke down frame by frame and did a whole hour. What? Who doesn't do that? No, we talked about that uh, when we talked about this initially. That yes, I would certainly be like, oh, you know, like going back to watch a movie is is Beta a thing. Max and Bang. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I wish I was old enough for that to be accurate, but you know, it was VA, VHS and Vag. Yeah. So there you go. That's that's what it was, but. Yeah, and, and and then I'm like, oh yeah, right. My wife listens, so she got to hear hear me excitedly ding for that. But see, that it was a different time. So yeah, but and what we talked about when we talked about this Coltrane was that I was just very dimwitted and didn't realize that that was a two way street. That if a girl invited you back to her room to watch a movie, it might also be for VHS and Vag. And I just thought it's like, oh, she wants to watch a movie with you. That's great. I'm excited to go back to a girl's place and watch their, a movie with them. This is of course talking about back in the day when I was a single man. And, um, I, I, I was wrong. Uh, and look, I was, I'm a fan of the practice. I just didn't understand it. And look, I've admittedly been out of the dating world for a while. So Netflix was not even a, a thing. The last time I was out there, I mean, I, I've used the example that my wife and I didn't even text each other because that's when we first were dating because that's back when you had to pay extra for texting on your phone. Like that's literally it was like going to cost 10 <laughs> cents if I texted her. So, you know, we'd send emails and we'd talk and stuff. So, again, I'm just a little out of it. Now, you mentioned Howard Stern, which made me remember another piece of slang that I had never heard of. Do you know what it means, either of you, when a girl tells you that it's Shark Week? Yeah. Okay, Jeff, you think you know. Coltrane, do you think you know what that means? I mean, my guess would be that there's blood in the water. but Yeah, yeah. I, that's exactly know. what it means. And I, I think that I understood it when the explanation was happening, but it's not something I'd ever heard. And I was wondering if that was a popular phrase, but I feel like a, a lot of girls don't like to talk about that happening, even with the euphemism of Shark Week. I mean, it's just one of many. I mean, listen, right? I, I I feel like that's a great way to, for them to use it because I mean that sounds pretty great. It's like it's a lot easier than like oh it I'm it, my friend is in town or you know it's that time. I mean, Shark Week at least it sounds cool. Shark so, Week sounds better than you know. than trying to explain who Aunt Flo is, and I'm like I don't know what that is. I what think, do you? Oh, okay, I got it now. <laughs> See, to me, it, it hits on two cues. One, there's blood in the water. Two, your head's probably gonna get bitten off. <laughs> No, that's, you, you that's a pro this, joke. I like that. I like that's that. a pro joke right there. That's Jeff DeRay on Twitter and Instagram, at Jeff DeRay. But, you know, like he, he, like he locks his tweets, so <laughs> you can't necessarily follow him. But, I, I approve all followers. If anybody wants, I'm not, like, exclusive. I just did that because I got fired <laughs> for fucking tweeting something. And as we talked about recently, you had only 200 followers, and one of them happened to be someone who saw it and was able to get you fired. So Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag yikes! Fast ha hashtag twenty first century problems. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't think Coltrane realized that that that's what had happened. Uh, anyway, as, as I all, did not, I did not realize that. Yeah, that sucks. That means that Coltrane's fallen behind on his broadcasts. <laughs> but I know. Look, I know they're all backed up and loaded up on your device. You catch up. It's fine. Mm -hmm. You'll hear about the wheel tarage. That's true. Yeah. You'll hear, you'll hear our spend two and a half episodes talking about Star Wars Rogue One. You know. You'll, 
You ever talk about the Doctor Who well, Christmas I, special? But see, I didn't, but I didn't see that one yet. So. See, that's good. So when you see it, you'll know that you can go to the yes. black cast for it. Um, have you, by the exactly. way, have you seen any uh, any movies? Any uh, whether they're Oscar caliber nominated movies or anything else? Or uh, I have not seen any. Uh, I've not seen anything in the theater lately. Uh, going back to Netflix for a minute, I did actually watch the uh, the series of unfortunate events. Yeah, God, I was looking was that terrible. Oh, it was yeah. bad. See, I was looking Couldn't forward get past to it. The first episode. Oh, see, I like Neil Patrick Harris, so I felt like this was going to be good. So you did not like it. Neither of you liked it. Jim Carrey made the abuse funny because it was part of a character and it sure. was silly. Neil Patrick Harris slaps a kid in the first episode, Ouch. and you're just like, "This seems like child abuse. This is not like zany or madcap. This yeah. is just kind of scary." And I do like both zany and madcap, but uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's like I mean, I didn't, I actually didn't see the movie, so I, you know, but I, you know, someone wanted to see it. They were like, "Yeah, you should check it out." So I did, and yeah, it's like that. It's like okay, like if you're gonna see like some creepy character like slap a kid, like there's. I don't know, like, like if it's funny in some way or, like, there's going to be some, I don't know, like, there's got to be something that makes it okay. Otherwise, like Jeff said, it's just, it's, it's like child abuse and it's, like, not okay. Hmm. All right, so that's, uh, that's going to move down on the queue. Uh, I don't know what I'll watch before that. Maybe The Crown. Mm. People seem to, will at least like that. What were you going to say, Jeff? Um, I, the new season of Baskets just started on FX. Oh, Baskets is great. That's one of my favorite shows. It's so funny because when you finally, I can understand why a lot of people don't like it. Because yeah. you have to be able to step back and realize you are literally watching someone perform clowning acts yeah. in the midst of like a serious <laughs> and dramatic story. Yeah. And it like just you're just like at first you're like why are you just such an idiot and then you realize like oh you're Buster Keaton you're, you're a fucking genius you're a clown and uh, yeah and I love the identical twin have you ever seen Zach Galifianakis in Baskets Jeff uh, sorry Coltrane no I have not but now that like Jeff's description of it actually makes it sound very good like Louis Anderson much more interesting yeah Louis Anderson as his mom is amazing and a revelation and I was so glad to see him get an Emmy for that performance I I usually don't get too invested in stuff like that but you know Louis Anderson seems to be a good guy he's been at this for so long and it's great I'm very glad that that came back Uh, another show that I can recommend very highly to people the first two seasons are on Hulu just came back on FXX is Man Seeking Woman with uh, Jay Baruchel it's on after it's always sunny in Philadelphia which is a little bit hard harder to recommend because they're in like season 12 now and you're like well now the gang's going to a water park because we've told every other story but it still makes me laugh but uh, man seeking woman is great it's actually it's you know traditional story sure about a guy trying to find love and find dates and jay baruchel and eric andre's his best friend this third season, he's actually dating somebody, which what looks like for the third season. So it's a little bit of a different dynamic, but it's even better. But it's very loosely grounded in reality. It's kind of one of my favorite things. Uh, you know, like his he sees his ex girlfriend at a party, and she shows up with her new boyfriend, who it turns out is a hundred and twenty year old Adolf Hitler, who's actually still alive. Just little things like that that it just gets shrugged off. And it reminds me of like Andy Richter controls the un- controls the universe. universe. Yeah, that was another show that I really liked. So that's a show that I give uh, a big thumbs up to. Uh, Coltrane, we always turn to you for the world of reality television. What what are you watching these days? Just moving away from L.A., has it made you less interested in L.A. hair? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I don't... Now that it's not right down the street for me, it, it, I, I have not uh, been watching that. 
So uh, I am out on L.A. hair these days, although I, apparently it's back, so I could check it out. Yeah. But, yeah, I, uh, I, have, not, uh, I have not been watching that one. Let's see. Uh, Marriage Boot Camp Reality Stars is, uh, is back again. So that's, uh, that's quality programming. So are the reality stars people from other reality shows? Is that what I should understand from that title? Yeah. It, and it's one of those things that's funny because there have been times, like the first couple seasons of it, I actually knew who the reality stars were. So it was like, oh, okay. And like last season and this season, it's like, I really don't know who these people are at all. And so I care about them even less, which, you know, is difficult. So, you know, it's, I'm, I'm like, it came on and I, I have a couple episodes like T-Bone. I can watch them. I just haven't lately, but that's, it's on. It's just tough when you, like, when there's a bunch of crazy reality stars on, it's like, that's fun because they're just like a bunch of nuts. But when you don't even recognize who they are, it's like, wow, this is someone from The Bachelor. And it's like, who fucking cares? Yeah, right. I mean, you know, a, a moderately famous woman with vocal fry is still really annoying. You know, that's not going to change. You know, I think I love him. Yeah, I don't think I need to watch that. It's, uh, by the way, uh, <laughs> I meant to send you a message, but then it ended up being very late your time. Uh, one of the shows that I work on, The Tomorrow Show, where I sent you a photo many months ago, almost a year ago, that I, I met Teen Mom Farrah Abraham. I got to meet the one and only Courtney Stodden. Did you really? Yeah, and I know you're a, a tremendous fan of her. <laughs> My thing with her is that I saw her at Starbucks one day. And, oh, yeah, that's uh, right. It was like she was just, you know, like she just standing there in line and she didn't, she wasn't very made up. Like, uh, I mean, you know, she just, she was just standing there in like, you know, yoga pants and like a tight shirt. And it's like, I, you just sort of look and you're like, wow, who's the, who's the blonde with the huge bruise? But, you know, she looks really like kind of more normal. So I, when she is not as like made up and everything and, you know, made to look like some teen princess. Like, I actually thought she was really pretty. Yeah. Well, we uh, got her into a Star Trek uniform, and she uh, was lovely. She was very entertaining. She was uh, f- fairly amusing. Uh, you know, there there were some some it, jokes. She was she was drinking I mean, a lot of champagne during the show, so uh, that probably probably added to the atmosphere. The thing about her is, like, seriously, like her, like the creep, her creepy like husband is. It's, it's, like, really bizarre. Like, at first, you know, it's like you, he's there to, like, kind of help her get famous. Like, okay, that's great. But it's like he's just – he's creepy. And so, the, like, the fact that they're still together is and whether or not that's going to last is another story. But it's still just weird to me. Like, that part is bizarre. But she had, a, uh, she had an adult film and uh, not too bad. I mean, it was a solo film. It wasn't like, you know, her with someone else. It was a solo film, but not too shabby. But not up there with the Pippi Longstocking movie or Backdoor Teen Mom? True and true. Okay. Those See. two are definitely better. But, <laughs> but again, like she did a solo foray, and I was, I was just like, you know, solo stuff is always 
a little boring, but I was like, you know what? You can not, s- not too bad. Sometimes, sometimes it can it can get the job done. See, this this always reminds me that we need to do some kind of film series where you sit down and analyze these films and treat them like the true works of American art that they are. You know, I, I mean, people obviously, you know, you'll have like Turner Classic Movies. They'll put aside the whole month of Oscars. I think we need Coltrane to really go in depth. Yes, that's right. Go deep inside. Balls deep. Balls deep. <laughs> and, and that would that should be the name of the show. Balls deep inside dot 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 whatever the title of the movie is. So you see. I mean, don't give the stuff. Don't give the stuff away. Someone's going to try to take. That's it true. Someone us. will yeah, definitely we take have that. To, uh, Pen pending. We have to copyright this. But this is this is you know look here's the thing the the black cast is always evolving it's always growing, uh, we're we're celebrating we're now we're now uh, four years in this is the we're already early in the fifth year, uh, we've done well more than two hundred episodes at this point and you know what always looking to move the needle you know always want to get more followers uh, all that good stuff you know we need more people uh, that are witnessing the black cast and and balls deep inside teen mom back to our teen mom too i think that's basically that's the future of the black cast if i might say so myself i like it i like it anyway one of the things that we often do when we uh, are uh balls deep in coltrane's corner uh is (laughs) that sounds so gay but it's coltrane's corner it's the corner of the world that uh, coltrane patrols and reports on is uh, there's always a lot of great studies out of the Daily Mail, dailymail.co.uk. For anyone who True. does a podcast or even just needs things to talk about in life, you want to have conversations at a party, who go to that? dailymail.co.uk. Some people walk around parties with uh, little note cards of topics. I'm sure. I've never seen it, but I'm sure it happens. <laughs> I'm going to dress like Doug Funny and go to a party with like a bunch of place cards yeah. and just be like... Have you heard this interesting topic? Uh, this is the kind of thing that uh, I, I feel like it won't come as a surprise to Coltrane or possibly even Jeff. Uh, you know, I'm I'm the only married guy here, uh, the only representative of uh, hashtag team marriage. As again, Agent Starling is I don't know he's hip hop dancing or or shadow boxing. Got, I don't know. You I, got the Boston Bachelors. Yeah, exactly. We got the Boston Bachelors. Uh, so in this article women share the shocking reasons that they're addicted to cheating on their husbands as it emerges that only half half regret having an affair wives and girlfriends shared the reasons why they are addicted to cheating one said she was afraid of being alone while others loved male attention so afraid of being alone that's kind of why you get married I would think, but uh, Coltrane, as as the one who is uh, furthest away from the microphone, your thoughts when you hear this, that half of women regret cheating on their husbands? I mean, listen, it's like studies like this are exactly like why I, I have no interest in getting married, because I just feel like, I feel like women are much more like kind of sneaky about this stuff, and so like half of them regret it so the other half are like down to do it and everything like so they try to like reel you in and like you know get you to fall in love and then it's like only half of them regrets it what is that nonsense (laughs) that is ridiculous everybody see that it's it's the whole thing like men are men are always accused of being the ones who cheat but it's actually women who are equally to blame because they do the same thing they're just much smarter about it and tend to get away with it more and men are more forgiving in that regard because it's just like 
boobs. And so it's like all over. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you can be forgiven because it's like, oh, that's wonderful. But half of them, oh, you know, half of them regret it. Telling you, bunch of dirtbags, all of them, reeling you in just so that they can crush your soul. Are you saying that about women? You're saying that about men? You're just saying that about people? Or is that just the, the world we live in? I'm saying that about cheaters. Because cheaters, cheaters it, cheat, it's not, you know, it's not like, uh, it's not men or women in doing it that bothers me. It's the fact that they're cheating. Because if you're, if you want to be with someone else, then just be an adult. Just say, look, this has been great. I'm just not satisfied with it anymore. And move on. There's really no need to, like, you know, break somebody's spirit. So I just feel like there's, there's a better approach to everything. Or there's also, like, the, the notion, because, you know, some people, they, like, do it, and then, like, they feel guilty, so they feel like they have to tell you, even though you'd never find out about it. I, there's a part of me that, that just thinks that being honest all the time is great. There's also the part of me that's just, like, you did something stupid, you feel guilty, so now you're going to, like, crush somebody else's spirit. It's an evil thing to do. Cheating, cheaters never prosper. Cheating is an awful thing to do. And I, I just am completely against it in all forms. I, too, am against cheating in all forms. Um, I think, so I've just, now that we're getting into this kind of stuff, I have always had a huge problem with that because we found out right after my dad died that he was having an affair. And the woman literally came to our house. And as an eight-year-old child, I answered the door and she was like, can I speak to your mom? And then, like, in front of us was like, yeah, your dad, like, the Peter didn't love you guys. He was going to run away with me. The man was literally dead, buried yeah. in the ground. That's selfish. That's for your own psychotic need to, like, hurt others because you're hurting. Um, there are exactly. – I, I think the misleading thing about the conversation we were having was half of all people who do cheat, not half of all people cheat. Right. Half of the people who do cheat. So, right. yeah, of course. Yeah. If you're the person out there cheating, you're telling me that only 50% of them regret it. That makes sense to me, especially If you're because... the kind of person that cheats, it makes sense. You know, actually, I wouldn't be surprised if that number were higher. You yeah. know, it's like if you're going to go through and actually cheat, yeah, I could see it being 80% don't regret it. Yeah, and, and it's like – it's because it's indicative of who you are as a person. And this, so this was something I struggled with a lot because it's like as a child, as a, a product of like a, um, a marriage or whatever that wasn't working out, and you hear this and you can't resolve it with that person. You can't like grow over time to be like, oh. Oh, you didn't mean it. You were just like a fallible human being. This is like a, a small child, and they're taking someone on a pedestal and being like, oh, no, they're the devil. And then you're just like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot wrong with what happened. I mean, if that woman really felt like she needed to share the information, she could have written a letter and maybe not sent it right away. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of different ways to handle it. You know, not saying anything is one approach, but I could understand. But the idea of uh, he really loved me and was going to leave you. Well, yeah, well, he didn't. So yeah. it's probably what he told yeah. you because that's what people say. Exactly. And and beyond, and that was something I had to come uh, uh, to terms with. But um, really what I was trying to get around to was I think there are times where it's selfish and there are times where you are trying to fess up to what you've done wrong. If you are still in a relationship with someone and you're like uh, admitting to all your transgressions and like, look, this is what I've done if we want to like – build off of that and continue a relationship like i have re obviously this is coming from somebody who would have remorse for those actions sure you can try and go from there if the relationship's over then telling someone you cheated on them is clearly an intention to hurt them 
because you're done. The relationship's over. You can't hurt them anymore. You've already done these actions. You live with it. Live with who you are as a person. Then telling them is clearly an act of of, uh, trying to hurt, right? So I think it depends on your intentions uh, when you're telling someone. And just as far as, like, cheating goes, I get it. Like, I've never really done it. Um... I, I understand how it can happen, especially with alcohol. Like, you can do some really dumb shit when you're hammered, right? Yeah. But I also, I have never gotten past where Coltrane feels on it, where it's just like, it's selfish. You don't want to be in a relationship, then don't. And I think a lot of girls nowadays, I don't I don't know how it is with, like, um, older women, but in my experiences when I was in the dating world with all these girls are that a lot of younger girls like in the twenties and maybe mm-hmm. like early thirties get so much attention on social media nowadays. Like if you're even m- remotely attractive, you can be a five and mm-hmm. get a ton of attention on social media. You know I would know because yourself. I'm a five and I get a lot of attention on social media. And, and these girls <laughs> become you, addicted to that attention. Yeah. Like I, I specifically right. could think of struggles I had in past relationships where it was like they were talking with a dude that they had like banged that they were not friends with. They had there was just clearly had been some physical relationship yeah. and they had maintained some like cordialness so that if they ever met up again, they probably could hook up again. Right. And I was like, you shouldn't talk to that person. We're dating. That's yeah. inappropriate. Like you're not friends with them. You just have fucked them. Well, like. That's one of the things in in this article from the Daily Mail that some of the women that had spoken to – this is on a website called Whisper, I guess, where people tell yep. secrets and stuff. Coltrane's like, oh, yeah, I got it bookmarked. You're familiar no, with – No, because they have those stories on the Daily Mail all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's the only place I've ever heard of it either, yeah. But what it says is that some of the women could not let go of previous relationships. One woman said, I can't stop cheating on my boyfriends with my ex because I am still in love with him. Okay, so – What's the reason that you're not still with him? And it's probably, you know, he's got something going on and does this on the side too. So, you know, it's not the circle of life, but it's the the circle of cheating on somebody. You know, it's that somebody that you're cheating with is probably also cheating on someone. And, you know, that way all, all the cards are on the table or whatever. But to your point, it's like I can't stop cheating on my boyfriends because my ex uh, – with my ex because I'm still in love with him. Well, then you should probably at least say to these new boyfriends, like, you know, our things just can't. These are boyfriends. So it's like, like, you know, our thing is non exclusive. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of guys, depending on how long it goes on in the relationship, a lot of guys will probably say that they're okay with it. It'll drive them crazy. But if they're like, oh, we're non exclusive. Most guys would be like, well, then that means I can do whatever I want too. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, Jeff, I feel like. Of people that I know that you and Coltrane have probably been in non-exclusive relationships in recent memory. The last time I had that situation, it was the same thing. That was exactly what I was referencing, where there was like a dude that I was like, look, like if you want to do this where we're in like a like semi relationship, then don't talk to those people. But like if you want us to be able to talk to whomever we want, and that was the conclusion, then I'm going to go out and do whatever I want. So I went out and had... Uh, relations with multiple other women 
And then when I told her that, I was the scumbag. And I was like, you were the one who was, like, adamant that we weren't together. Yeah. So you've reaped what you've sown. Was she testing you? Is that I hear that that's a no, thing that happens? No, she wasn't testing me. She just she did, just wanted to. It's, it's, it's this unfortunate thing with these girls' egos where they think they're so important because they get so much attention from mm-hmm. males who are like, oh, you're hot. I'd totally hook up with you. Like, you're great. What they don't realize is, yeah, you're one of, like, ten people he's probably saying that to. Yeah. And, and so they have, like, this inflated sense of self where they're like, oh, I can do whatever I want because these guys are just, like, groveling at my feet. And then when I, as a man, was like, oh, no, I take all power back and I'm like, I could walk right away from this tomorrow, she was devastated. And I was the asshole, but I was like, once again, I didn't feel any regret. I didn't feel any remorse because in my mind it wasn't cheating because she had set it up as... You do what you want. There's a doctor that they quote in this article. It says, if you're arguing over daily bills and been married for 15 years, someone else telling you you're great is going to be a temptation. And I think those temptations are so much more prevalent than they were even 10, especially 15, 20 years ago, because of just how much contact with the outside world there is, not on your phone and that you talk to people. It's just from all over the world, you're getting the the inboxes. Oh, that sounds dirty. Uh, you're getting inboxes that lead to inboxes. And, yeah, you know, yeah. you're getting the private messages, and then all of a sudden it's just the opportunity is there. And, look, this isn't for just women. This is for women and men. And, you know, 30% of women that contributed to this conversation said that it led to the end of their marriage. And 10% said they were socially excluded by friends. I mean, you hear about things like that happen because if – you know, especially couples or friends with both of you and you do this cheating. And I'm just talking again on the boyfriend, girlfriend level. When it gets into, into husband, wife level, that's a completely different territory. And I've unfortunately known couples who have broken up after getting married, even at my age, that I don't know them happening because of cheating. So I don't know, even without cheating factored in, it's still an awkward thing to navigate. Well, who the friends are and all that. So I guess what we're saying is make sure you're really into someone before you get into the, the relationship. Coltrane, your, your thoughts as we've continued to speak about this. What EO said actually made a ton of sense because there was a, there was a situation that I had where there was a girl that I was like kind of dating and she, like, she would get a ton of attention from lots of other guys. Like she had sort of a retail job and, you know, like easy to meet people. And guys would hit on her all the time, and she sexed with a lot of people. Like, she didn't actually hook up with a lot of people, but she sexed with a lot of people. And, I, you know, like, we talked about it, and, you know, it's, it's like, look, if that's the way this relationship's going to be, then that's, that's what it is. Like, obviously, we're not going to get serious. I'm not going to get serious about someone who is sending naked pictures to a bunch of other people. And, at the like, there was a point in time when she realized that, you know, I was actually someone that, in, that actually cared about her as a person, and there's a lot of like good that that came with it. But by then, it was sort of like too late for, her, and she was just like all you know, all these guys that just wanted to see like pictures of my tits, like they're they're all gone, and now like I'm kind of left with nothing. And it was just like, yeah, but that's what you wanted because you wanted that sort of attention. You didn't want like you didn't want like something real. You wanted like the fake attention, and then you didn't realize how fleeting it was, and it's as like as women start to get older and they realize, oh wait, maybe that's maybe just like all this random attention isn't all it's cracked up to be, then it ends up being sort of too late. So but it's like, you know, again, you just have to know what you're getting into at the in the beginning and then it, it makes everything sort of better for everybody. 
so that, you know, no one actually gets hurt at the end, or if they do, sort of their own fault. Uh, I was watching this YouTube, or probably some clip of Conan recently, uh, and I forget who he was interviewing, but it was like some beautiful blonde lady with huge boobs, right? And the clip is literally like, starts off with like this lady's talking and Conan's kind of like looking down on her because he's a giant. And uh, and then she's like, uh, my eyes are up here, Conan. Now this lady is wearing a dress that basically has, com- there's nothing to stop any of the cleavage. Like this dress starts at where her like tits probably are and then like shows everything about the top of your breasts, of your massive breasts, which are very likely not real, Right. And you're offended and tell, like, this talk show host, like, my eyes are up here. Why did you wear that outfit? Now, that doesn't condone touching, talking, inappropriate, harassing women. But, like, if you have your tits out and I look at them, it's because you have your tits out. Yeah. Like, that's the disconnect for me. Yeah. No, no, no. To exactly what you said, wearing an outfit like that does not invite comments and especially not any kind of physical contact. But it's very difficult to think like, well, why are my eyes not supposed to go in that direction? And maybe in the case of whomever this woman was, it was so that she could say, hey, Conan. My eyes are up here. And he's like, I know where your eyes are. I'm looking at your tits. No, that's not something that Conan said. Uh, he actually basically was like, then why are you wearing that? He's like, what do you want me to do? That's why I love Conan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, there was another thing I was reading that uh, it was a study, which as all these studies are from the dailymail.co.uk, children of the super rich, the top 0.1% are as disadvantaged of soci- as society's poorest, and they need more help, claims a British lord. First of all, <laughs> you're attributing the quote to a lord. Not the lord, but still someone who is a lord. I wish it was attributed to the lord. Yeah, yeah. God says, <laughs> hey. God says, God, give more to the rich. Give more to Jesus. You know, I'm, give pretty more sure to that's what, I'm pretty sure that's what that story <laughs> is in the Bible, where that lady who has nothing comes and gives it to the rich. Yeah, but this, this is Lord David Putman. Putnam. So how, how bad should I really feel for him or whatever. Coltrane, I'll start with you. How badly do you feel for rich kids? I would put it like this. I feel zero sympathy for the rich because I'm not rich. If I was rich, I would absolutely feel tons and tons of sympathy. But I think in, in seriousness, I actually think that any of that defense sort of went out the window with like the kid who, uh, who got drunk and killed people and then like was let off because he was too rich, and his parents never taught him right for wrong. Affluenza because team. Yeah, you, thank you. Because you look at that, and you're like, okay, that's ridiculous. Like, these are people who, they're not just rich. Like, they have people taking care of their kids. All of these kids go to, like, the top schools in the world. And so you're telling me that the A number one schools, like, the best schooling that money can buy can't teach kids to, I don't know, balance a checkbook? I'm just saying, like, I feel zero sympathy, like, because either rich people are really that stupid or the education system is really that bad or both, but I don't feel bad for these people. I feel like they should suck it up and, like, I don't know, get some common sense. Like, take their – you know what? There's the, there's the show uh, uh, Naked and Afraid. Yes. You go into the jungle with, like, no clothes, no food, no water. Send these kids to, I don't know, like – some small town somewhere with no credit card or something and see how they survive. 
I think they'll be able to make it. I'm just saying. You're not saying. You're just saying. Uh, exactly. Je- Jeff, uh, I, I feel like you must possibly be able to identify with the poor, suffering, uh, wealthy kids out there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they, you, you feel very bad for them? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I know what it was like uh, for myself growing up as an upper-middle-class white boy in the suburbs of Boston. Um, <laughs> you know, it's hard. It's hard not fitting in. It's hard having everybody stare at you and think like, oh, he's going to really make something of himself. Like, oh, he's really going places. And it's like, I don't need that pressure, people. Back off. <laughs> well, Lord so Putnam. That's why you got sent to bad boy school, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that, it was because it was so difficult to be so wealthy and <laughs> successful. Yeah. That's what made you end up walking away from the straight and narrow path. It's uh, it's funny because I, I grew up in a town that was actually like, you know, probably upper middle class, wealthier, but they sunk like shitloads of money into the education system. So I literally had a class that did teach me how to balance my checkbook in high school. Uh, it was called Senior you know Seminar. What, you know what's funny? I learned that in the fourth grade. Not kidding. I remember my fourth grade teacher like actually like brought out a checkbook and like had us all do that. In the fourth grade, I'm just saying. Massachusetts public education? <laughs> what? What? Yeah. What? They don't prepare you kids to just be able to make it rain by the time you're in your 20s and just have dollar-dollar bills, y'all? No, no. Oh. All right, I guess that's what happens when you go to public school in New York. No, I didn't get that either. Uh, but what Lord, Put- <laughs> what Lord Putnam is saying is that he thinks that the problem is really mental well-being. So there's a psychiatrist cited in this particular uh, study, the psychiatrist says that there are chil- children whose parents earn over 100,000 pounds, which let's just say it's 200 grand. It's probably a slightly different amount. But parents who, yeah, parents who earn more than you know, six figures are twice as likely to have mental health problems than their poorer counterparts. I feel when I read that, the only thing that I can think of to respond is to use a, a, a sort of reaction that was often used by comedian Artie Lang when he was on the Howard Stern show. Wah! I'm so rich, and it's so difficult for me to handle being so rich. Wah! I wish I could have had those problems as a kid. Just like, oh my god, I have so much money and so many friends and so many cars, and I already have everything I want. I could have dealt with that. Jeff. So, wait, let me just make sure I heard you correctly. You said that Kids who come from, like, more affluent families are twice as likely to get diagnosed with... With mental health problems. Because they can afford therapy. <laughs> yes. That's the most See, obvious fucking thinking. thing I've it, ever heard. I mean, if you if all of those, uh, those therapists worked pro bono, I guarantee you the number of diagnosed cases of, like, poor kids who have mental health problems would go up, too. Because all that that is is someone saying, oh, you know what? Here's the, here's the source of your problem. It's not your fault. You have a mental disorder that I've just been researching thoroughly, and I'm going to write a paper on. So you're going to be my case study. I'm just saying, like, I, I just think, I feel like that's mostly both. Well, I'm calling it out. You're calling it out. Well, the, the article goes on to say that this may be due to social pressure to succeed, or in the case of the super rich, a lack of direction that comes from being able to do whatever they want. Now, I can see that that's a problem, but I don't see it as a big problem. The lack of direction for me being able to do whatever you want, well, you know, maybe there should be some better parenting. 
you know, so that you know, I don't know, right, wrong, good, bad, you know, I can't do whatever I want to some girl and then just, you know, throw money at their family. You know, I think that there are probably a lot of these problems by the super wealthy that are, in fact, caused by the upbringing. I mean, you, you th- you're saying that you think that the, the situation where a guy, like, takes a woman, gets drunk, drives off a bridge, uh, gets out of the car, <laughs> swims to shore... Goes to the goes to the police department the next day while she all, all the time that she was in the car drowning. That that's a bad thing. Era, I uh, don't uh, know what you're uh, talking about there, Coltrane, and, which always sounds like Mayor Quimby to me, which of course leads to my favorite Quimbyism. Did I uh, hear a briefcase opening? But yeah, I I think that look. You know, say it right. Say it. Chowda. Uh, Yeah, I think that, that, look, that's a perfect example. A very wealthy family that he got very, after that happened and everyone knew that story, that wasn't buried. That wasn't fake news. That was real news. We all knew about Ted. Well, I don't know. You all weren't alive. But everyone knew about Ted Kennedy. And he was... You know, there was like he was still in play at the Democratic convention to be the presidential nominee in 1980. I'm starting to see credence in the whole theory because really, I mean, he he only was allowed to be a senator after that. It did cost him the presidency to, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) accidentally drown. That that that's what that's what murder will cost you. Murder will cost you keys to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But beyond that. You're all right. But if you kill somebody, well, I guess that's manslaughter. It's not murder. But you I know. feel like the story. And, and again, uh, uh, you know, for historical accuracy, uh, he did say it was an accident. And he did swim as hard as he could to get to shore so that he could get help. I'm just saying. Yeah, but then know, he didn't try. But then he didn't try and get help right away. Well, I mean, the next day he did. <laughs> yeah. Well, because he swam so hard. Anyway, Jeff, what were you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he Chapa acquitted? Um... Uh, like you got extra belts for that nonsense. See what you did. <laughs> uh, no, I was just going to say, like, I don't know. I, if anything, this seems to me like it's just a reflection that, like, oh, if you're wealthy, you might end up being a shitty parent. Like, you might end up showing your kid that, like, wealth can buy you out of problems. Or you might be so invested in your money and your work and your other shit that you might not pay attention to your kid. But in the reality, it's just like, Okay, so you don't they don't need extra help. They just need what they should have been getting from the start, which is parental attention. As a parent, I What are you what are you uh, hitting there, Coltrane? Yeah, that's my dog. He's playing with a bone. <laughs> uh <laughs> Well, it's it's interesting that you mention Watson because we can move on from all this. I think we I think we beat the drum. Uh, Coltrane, we only have a few minutes left for this particular session, but we're going to get back together with you very soon, I know. And before we go, I wanted to get uh, an update. And, you know, again, you don't need to tell any specific stories, give any stats, but transitioning back to the East Coast, how's the situation with the ladies compared to Los Angeles? It's different because most of the women here, like, have kids. So so that's, like, that's, that's sort of like the biggest difference is like every woman here that I want to date like has kids. So there's that. But I mean, as far as like dating goes, like, sure, I'm dating. That's, you know, that's good. And, you know, like there's, there's no kind of dry spell. So that's all, that's all nice. It's just, there's not just, you can't just like pick up and like, you know, go on a trip somewhere. It's like, Oh, well, I've got kids. And it's like, okay, wonderful. 
Yeah. I'm just going to go somewhere else without you then. Yeah. But no, I mean, I can see, I, I can see that being something to overcome. Oh, but I am glad that, uh, you know, you, you, you will date these single moms out there because they obviously need the loving, but long term, it, it sort of gets into a different situation that it's like, you know, I kind of was hoping to, I don't know, take a girl and go to Ibiza, not Legoland, you know, because it's, <laughs> if, look, and look, I fully know where, where I'm at in my life. I'll be going to Legoland for a long time. I don't think I ever actually wanted to go to Ibiza, but you know, I can't even imagine if I will ever get to Europe again, because maybe I won't. But I'm sure I will get to Disney World and, you know, all sorts of places like that. I'd like to I'd like to do a road trip and go to states and see some monuments and national parks and things. But, yeah, I think that at a certain point you need to realize, like, oh, that's going to be difficult. But obviously I'm a, I'm a happily married man. I have the I have a lovely child. So – it's even that situation is, is a lot different. A single woman who is willing to go to Ibiza with you for two weeks and leave her kid with who knows, God only knows whom, that might be a problem. You know, that might say something right. that, that might be, unfortunately, not Casey Anthony territory, but, you know, some kind of mindset where it's like mm, maybe their priorities are not in line. As great as Coltrane is, not saying that you're not worth, you know, ditching a kid for two weeks. But Oh, no, no, no. I, I fully. Yeah. Like, I, I fully grasp that. And and. It is one of those things that's difficult because, you know, like last summer I went to uh, St. Croix and I had a great time. And would I like to go back? Yes. Is there someone that I'm dating that could go with me? No. So that part is less fun. But, you know, I, that would be a, that would sort of be like the nice, you know, to be able to get back to that where I could or someone that I could go with. That would be great. Yeah. Currently, that's not the case. But, no, but you know. you know what? I think that you know that's a very realistic thing for uh, for a man of our generation to just want is you know what? I, I mean, look, my wife and I we took a ton of trips. You know, she she had friends that always grumble that we we're always out of town, but we did it while we could. And you know, a cousin of hers said that it was very smart that we were going to wait a few years after we got married to have kids. And the one thing that he said was travel. And I'm like, oh, don't worry, we are. And it's just because it, it gets to be more difficult. Jeff, you seem to have wanted to chime in. Well, I was just going to say, for Coltrane's sake, like I think depending on the age of some of these women, if they didn't already have a kid, then you'd be falling into a totally different trap of desperately wanting to produce a child. No, Coltrane, you might date, <laughs> you might date single moms, but they all got to be under 30, right? That's <laughs> ah, mostly a joke. Ah, Sammy, I'm just kidding. Uh, one final question for uh, this particular uh, chat that we're having, Coltrane. How's Watson? Oh, God. <laughs> Otherwise, he's great. <laughs> no, no, he's fine. He's getting, you know, he's, he's getting big, and he's got moments. Like, there, there are moments that he's good. There's moments that he just drives me insane. But fortunately, uh, at this point, uh, my mother loves him, so she takes him out all the time, which is a nice, uh, which is a nice touch because it, you know, gets me a little uh, time away from him. But I mean, you know, he's uh, he's all right. So you're not taking Watson to Ibiza anytime soon? Oh God, no. <laughs> God, no. Well, we'll leave it at that. I we mean, have... like I, I mean, I would, but like he's got one of those like tracking chips in him. So like, if I left him, and he'd still find his way home. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, on that note, Coltrane, thank you so much for your time. We have so much more to talk to you about, and we'll uh, certainly have you join us again in the very near future. Uh, there's a concerted effort in 2017, more Coltrane. I've written about that on various Blackcast social media. And again, to find Coltrane on social media, it's at Coltrane Leaks. Thank you, Coltrane. We will talk to you again very soon for 
at Jeff DeRay, Captain EO. I am at Christian DMZ, Christian Blatt. Don't forget, at Blattcast, the Blattcast on Facebook, and of course, Blattcast.com. We will see you next time on the Blattcast. Did I hear a uh, briefcase opening?